Majesty, Imperialia Islasiae, Ja Rastafari, who live at and reign at Utayanai, continually have a faithful, have a sure. They say experience teacheth wisdom, but there's a natural mystic blowing through the hill. Live Fix Podcast. This is Chris. This is Colleen. And we're excited to have you guys with us on this episode. As you can tell by the title of this episode, we are going to be sharing with you a pretty extensive list of live albums that have been released so far in 2011. And uh, that music that we had in the intro there is uh, one of the albums. We're going to be taking a little bit of time to uh, tell you the history behind it. Uh, It's Bob Marley's uh, last concert uh, recording at uh, the Stanley Theater in Pittsburgh in 1980 uh, before he uh, passed away uh, due to cancer. So uh, that's a very, very special album, and we have over 20 albums uh, that we're going to be sharing with you, uh, one track from each album. Uh, this is kind of a, I'm calling it a mega, what are we calling it? A mega, mega live music mix? Yes, thank you very much. So, we have uh, a great show here for you today, um, but before we get into that, we wanted to uh, kind of look back at our, our, last, uh, our last episode. Uh, we went into Concert Fan Emotions, so I hope you guys enjoyed, enjoyed that one, and uh, as we mentioned in that episode, we have a uh, follow-up part two of that coming up, where, what are we going to be getting into, Colin? Well, we're, we're going to kind of look at the different, you know, what substance use and what substance use how that plays into a live music experience. Right. All the things, you know, from beer to al- any type of other alcohol. Drugs. Uh, drugs. Uh, legal drugs, illegal drugs, whatever. Because uh, some concert fans take legal drugs and they go to, you know, they go to a show. Sometimes fans take illegal drugs to the show. So we're going to look at all of it, basically. And we're going to see how that impacts the live music experience. So stay tuned for that. Uh, real brief concert news, and it kind of ties into our show today. Um, we have a uh, blues festival going on in Chicago uh, this coming up Friday. So if you're in Chicago, uh, go ahead and check out Live Fix at uh, livefixblog.com. We just did a uh, posted a preview of that festival with some very interesting experiments that we did last year, and they're kind of flowing into this year's uh, festival. So uh, make sure you go check that out. Again, Bonnaroo. Uh, festival down in uh, Tennessee is uh, kicking off in a few days, and uh, we also have a live track from last year's uh, Warren Haynes. Uh, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but uh, Bonnaroo Festival is going on, and we're, we're we're right in the middle right now of uh, summer music festival season. So I'm sure everybody's having fun doing that. So we're excited to hear your stories, and as always, uh, send them send them in. Uh, we'd love to continue to tell your guys' stories and uh, share them with the uh, Sharing with the community here. So, 
that's good for uh, for music news and one of the other things and just to let you guys know too we're gonna we're gonna keep the keep the uh, the dialogue and conversation to a very minimum on this show. Uh, we're just going to talk right here at the beginning, and then we're just going to let it rip and uh, let you go through the uh, the songs uh, as they uh, as they roll through. So, uh, a little special note on that. And the other thing that you guys want to you're, you're probably wondering, you know, are we going to be doing a show about the elements of you know a good live album? This, been, this is not you know, the first year that they've released live albums. Live albums are a huge part of concert fan experience. You know, either you've, you buy an album because you went to the show and you want to relive that, or you, you know, you, you're, you know, there's other reasons why you buy them. But we always want to know, and I bet you're wondering too, what makes a good el- you know, element of a live music? Uh, what, what are the elements of a great live album? So, and can you recreate that? Um, when you make when you you know make a CD or mm-hmm. you know make an MP3, can you recreate the experience a live show has when you first uh, listen to it or you're present? Yeah, and as you'll see in some of these sh- in uh, in this, today's episode with all the different styles, you'll see that some bands like for example the Grateful Dead are fantastic live, and their studio albums are not as and as popular because of that energy because of that communal. Uh, element that maybe doesn't translate well to the studio, but the you know that band in particular, the Grateful Dead. Well, there's been many you interviews, know? you know, with Jerry and and where he claims and some of the other guys from the Grateful Dead that they are not um, as good uh, in the studio. Right. So, you know, those are those are things that we're gonna can definitely continue to explore. You know, uh, some bands uh, like you, you'll see Modest Yahoo uh, later in the show. Um, his album Live at Stubbs. Volume One was actually the album that kind of put him on the map. Uh, we were down at Stubbs uh, for South by Southwest, so it was great to be there. I'd never been there before, but um, one of the things with Manish Yahoo is that we've seen him uh, live before, and he puts on a great, great show. He's another one that kind of taps in a, very similar to the Grateful Dead and some of what Mar- Bob Marley did. Was there's definitely a, a spiritual element to his show, and that kind of transcends. You know the whole uh, audience, and it kind of lifts everybody up to a, you know, kind of a, just a a higher plane than than other other shows. And you know his li- his studio albums don't you know don't capture that you know as as much. So, anyways, um, and you'll get to you know see all how that unfolds in uh, in this podcast. But we're going to get into that in a different episode. So stay tuned for that. We will explore that, and um, we'll be sharing more live tracks. Right, Colleen. I know you got. Uh, Colleen has a huge list of uh, Grateful Dead tracks, so I think we'll pull from those to uh, share with you guys on future podcasts. So, let's get into the next part of uh, this intro uh, segment. Uh, we're going to focus just on one one album. Well, actually, uh, two albums. Uh, the first one is uh, you know the Bob Marley live at uh, the Stanley Theater in 1980. Uh, it was released uh, earlier this year in the spring, and it's, I've listened to it several times uh, since it uh, you know, was, was released. And uh, Colleen's done you know, some, uh, some research you know, to kind of figure out you know, the, the topic. So uh, what what'd you find about this, uh, about this show? Well, you know, it's obviously a historical show because it was his last show. Um, and, you know, him and the Whalers were there. Um, previous to him, um, his cancer had 
severely gotten worse. It kind of taken a turn for the worst, and um, he still wanted to tour, but doctors um, told him, you know, maybe you need to slow down, maybe you need to stop, to, you know, stop touring, just halt it, you know, at this point, kind of enjoy time with your family because you really don't have too much time left. Mm. Of course, he didn't listen to that, um, and he continued to tour. Uh, the night before this famous concert, uh, Rich Ingler, who was a promoter at the time, um, got a phone call from Marley's agent the night before, and he said, uh, his agent said, Bob is not feeling well, I don't know what's going on, I'll, let, I'll keep you posted. So at that point, they weren't sure he was going to even show for this this last concert. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, the ne- that next morning, uh, he got he received another phone call, Mr. Engler, and um, basically this basically the agent said um, they're headed they're headed there, uh, but I don't th- but I'll be surprised if he will be able to play. I'd be surprised if um, you know he may get there, but I don't know if he's going to be able to play because he's not doing well. Oh, and this was all going on, like... This is, like, right before, before the, yeah, that morning. Before the show. Uh-huh. Wow. And around 2 o'clock, um, they had done sound checks, and Mr. Engler walked in the backstage and, and got a chance to kind of talk to Bob, and Bob Marley said, uh, you know, Mon, I, I wasn't going to, to do this, but I'm going to for my band and for everybody. It's a sold-out show. I'm going to do it. The guys uh, need the money. So wow, that's what Marley said. Mm-hmm. That's that's those were him, huh? you know, exact quotes, obviously from Mr. Engler. Wow. Um, and Mr. Engler, you know, pointed out he just didn't look good. He looked depressed. He looked ill. He lost a lot of weight. Um, and when you listen to this album, you don't see that. Um, I don't see that. I don't hear that. And a lot of mm-hmm. people who um, kind of fouled Bob Marley, they call themselves Bob Marley historians. Mm. Um, they feel that this is one of his best concerts ever. Mm. Um, and so that he wasn't, um, he didn't sound physically sick, but he, he died fairly shortly after that, after that last show. So yeah. that's some of the research that, that came out on that. Also, um, Mr. Engler, um, Rich Engler, talks a little bit about what it felt like at the show. And he said, that night, the show was magical. Marley was in good spirits, and the Whalers had the place shaking so hard, he actually worried about the sturdiness of the balconing. And it's interesting, because when I read that, I remembered our live music experience when we got to see the Whalers um, at Uh, uh, Rothbury. Rothbury. We saw them at Rothbury. Um, I actually took some photos of them, too. Um, And it was was just a, a... great experience and they played a lot of their old you know music and their greatest hits but it was um there is there's a sound to them and an energy to the whalers that i don't know will ever be repeated yeah and it's uh interesting you mentioned that too because i was uh going back and looking at the history of of you know bob marley and the whalers and you know there's definitely yeah, you know, a uniqueness in what they do, even so much as uh, in 1974, you know, they they broke up, and uh, but the Bob Marley, you know, uh, he continued to do what he was doing and continued to tour and record as Bob Marley and the Whalers, and there were other band members from his first band, you know, the first Whalers, uh, that started doing solo tours. Um, but what was interesting that an, ev- an event that actually, uh, you know, according to some of the research we did, that led up to that first to that initial breakup was that Bob Marley and the Whalers they were opening up for Sly, uh, Sly and the Family Stone, uh, you know, and playing for, you know, I guess predominantly black audiences is you know is what the research uh, had said, 
and they, the Mar, the Bob Marley and the Whalers were getting such good shows and good audience numbers that uh, they were becoming more popular than Sly and the Family Stone. So the, uh, the Bob Marley and the Whalers actually got fired from the tour, hmm. and and that's what kind of created this unrest among the band because they were they weren't kind of sure where they wanted to go. Um, but I thought that was interesting that they were the opening band and they were threatening and making Sly and the Family Stone feel nervous, you know, kind of intimidated by that so much so that they fired him from the tour because they were taking some of their, their spotlight away from them. So, Yeah, and, and if that, anyone you know, out there, you know, experienced that or saw that tour come around or has saw Bob Marley, please um, shoot us um, an email and we would love to have you on the podcast just, you know, share your experiences and, and seeing that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, again, you can go to livefixblog.com and uh, just click on the about page, and you'll see all that uh, all that info there. How you can share your share your story. Now, one thing I wanted to uh, share real quickly before we get into the show, uh, and we'll get into the the very first couple tracks there. We had the greetings track from the Bob Marley, and that goes into uh, uh, mystical. Uh, forgetting the name of the song, but in any case, one of the things that really struck me about this recording was that um, that's just such a strong spiritual sense you know of it and in the way that Bob Marley begins the show and knowing the back you know the backstory of what was happening there um, very rarely you know I was going back and thinking about some of the shows that I've been to you know where they have that deep spiritual element you know that kind of raises the you know the quality of the show the you know the intimacy of the show um, you know Bob Marley is he's in the way that he announces himself, you know, and invites Ja, you know, in that spiritual sense, almost to like descend out of heaven or descend out of the clouds or, you know, come into the actual theater, you know, and, and like have a presence. I just thought that was really remarkable of, of that, you know, if he's actually, you know, acknowledging and, you know, calling upon, you know, a higher power to like to do that. And it's just, and it's genuine. It's like, it's, it's nothing like I've ever heard before. And I think that, that plays into a big part of what, you know, the legacy of Bob Marley and the Whalers and what they did, to, you know, during the show, what fans felt during the show was a lot of his deep spiritual connections, you know, to uh, Rastafarianism and, you know, his other uh, spiritual, um, you know, inspirations that he used to write his music and how, you know, he was the real deal. I mean, he, you know, he was shot at, uh, you know, there was political stuff uh, going on and, uh, it wasn't just uh, for entertainment. There was spiritual, there was politics, everything was involved in the Whalers, and the live music experience for them was, was kind of all that manifesting together. So that's, that's why this show is, you, you listen to it, and it's, you know, it's the last show that they ever played, and it's, uh, it's a heck of a show to, to go out on. Um, you know, but most bands, they don't know when you're playing the last show. Who, who really knows? You know? I mean, you might know because it's your farewell tour, but uh, in their case... Um, you know, it was because of uh, his unfortunate uh, early death. Um, so that's that's our uh, you know our focus on this album, and uh, we're excited to get into the rest of the show with you guys. Again, we're going to get into the first track off the Bob Marley. Again, it's uh, "Live Forever" live at the uh, Stanley Theater, and some of the other show uh, bands that we have on here. Just to give a kind of a preview of it, we have a wide variety of. Uh, of music here again from Bob Marley we're gonna get into uh, a Green Day album uh, they have uh, awesome as fuck sorry if that's that's the name of the album um, 
Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Dave Matthews Band, Live at Ridley Field, and the Melvins, Grateful Dead, Warren Haynes of Bonnaroo, Modest Yahoo, who we mentioned earlier, Bob Dylan. We got Frank Sinatra. We have an honorable mention from Virginia Spector. She, it was released last, uh, right around uh, November last year, and I kind of stuck that, snuck that in there a little bit because, you know, I've, I'm a huge Regina Spector fan. I love, uh, saw her live uh, a couple times, and just want to get that in there. Even though that album wasn't released this year, just want to kind of sneak that in there. And uh, we have uh, Prodigy uh, coming in, uh, "World's on Fire," and what else? Just there's a lot of music on here, uh, you guys, and hope you enjoy it. And uh, here is the Bob Marley track, and uh, we'll catch you at the very, very end for another kind of little special message. But uh, from here on out, it's pure live music. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks. Such a natural mystic 
Rustman vibration is positive. Do you want to start a fucking war?
An inspiration for every person in this audience, myself included, one of our heroes, Levon Helm.
stop in Wichita, but it's running out.
Good morning, you bunch of drunks. Oh, I see a lot of booze and wine flowing around here tonight. Ah, damn, this is the night, isn't it? Saturday? I didn't ask you to answer me. All right, sweetheart. When you go out the door, watch out. There's a guy looking the way you walk, baby. Well, I'm probably the only sober bum in the group. But it won't be long. These my teeth are getting green. Look at that. Cheers. Any uh, astounding remarks about my Mary Janes? Hmm? Patent leather with little bows on them? You think I'm trying to tell you something? You know, I took eight weeks of karate lessons before I had guts enough to wear these. I broke wood and windows and tables. They still hurt my feet. This one little mother has been biting me for three days. I'm beginning to get feet like Jack and Trotter now. Did you hear the marvelous story about the fact that, the, that the, since the ecumenical council decided that it wasn't the Jews who killed Jesus, the Jews has now lowered the rent of the Vatican? Did you hear that? Ain't that a gas? That's a marvelous story. It's about time you did something for my people, I'll tell you that, boy. I think Smokey the Bear handled the whole transaction. Sammy Davis, he took care of the whole thing. Of course, he's one of those other guys now. You don't know. There was a lady who mentioned Dean Martin's name a few minutes ago. You know, he's been subbing for me on Mondays. Well, I've had Monday nights off since I've been here. He doesn't know it yet. We'll let him know when the engagement's finished that he's been here every Monday. He gets flown up here in a Learjet, zoom, like this, and he gets, boom, right back to Los Angeles. He's stoned all the time. He don't know he's been here yet, folks. He thinks he's been doing benefits for the Hadassah somewhere. Or the Sons of Italy. Dean Martin is my, probably my dearest friend, and people always ask me, does he really drink? Well, he drinks. He's a drunk. <laughs> I say that unequivocally. <laughs> I could never say that goddamn word. I'll tell you something. But he's a, he's a great drunk, though. He really is. You know? He falls in the street a lot, but... Uh, he wears curb feelers instead of cufflinks, you see, so he can feel the curb when he lays down. But he's a... Dean is a, is a very sweet and gentle man. I envy Dean's gentleness. He really is a... He's a patient, gentle man. He's a great father. He's generous. He has a great mother-in-law who's also a drunk. Her name is Peggy. She really is, but she's a sneak drinker. 
When I go to the house once in a while, there's nobody around. She says, you want a drink, don't you, Frank? Sure, you want a drink. Oh, take a drink. Hurry up, take a drink before they come down from upstairs. So she could have one with me, see. Dean bought his mother-in-law a two-story, six-bedroom house, and the sheriff keeps closing the place up every Monday morning. Some cats just ain't broad-minded, that's all. He also gave his wife, Jeannie, a Jaguar and it ate her. He gave his wife, Jeannie, a Jaguar and it ate her. What are you, from the Yellow Pages group? What is this? From up around Elko? Moo! That's a Brema bull, baby. In this uh, new building here, you know, they're going to name uh, suites after all, all the uh, entertainers who work here. Danny Thomas Suite. And put a little plaque on the door like they do at the Ambassador East in Chicago. The, the Danny Thomas Suite and the uh, Red Skelton Suite and uh, Sammy Davis Suite. You know, Sammy Davis wrote a marvelous book called Yes, I Can. And then the other day I saw his first television show and I sent him a wire and said, No, you can't. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Sammy, whom I love and worship and adore. He does too many things. Pardon me, drink here, but don't eat the food here. Just drink, just nice. Oh, boy. You talk about an elephant's foot. I got a big mother right there. Sammy is man of the year five times a week, different organizations. Uh, he marches in all the parades. The ones that Dick Gregory gets pinched in all the time. And he does Golden Boy eight times a week. And he's doing a television series. And, uh, oh, lots of things he does. I don't know. So how the hell can he do a decent television show? <clears throat> I gotta find my key and use my room. I got to stop sleeping in the pool. Of course, I got to get tired doing this all night long, you know. I think tonight I'll sleep in a shallow end. Where they can get to me easier. Sammy Davis is so talented, I tell you, he's, he's a group. But I do miss his father and his uncle. I do, sure do miss those two cats. The uncle with that gold tooth shining like that. With a bun over here. Well, that's it, folks. I'll see you tomorrow night. I'll stand and stare at you as long as I want to. Nobody gonna scare me, baby. When I on this stage, I the boss. Now we got some music here. It started out as a feeling which then grew into a hope. Turned into a 
quiet thought which then turned into a quiet word and then that word grew louder and louder till it was a battle cry I'll come back when you call me no need to say goodbye just because everything's changing doesn't mean it's never been this way before all you can do is try to know who your friends are as you head off to the war pick a star on the dark horizon and
It gives me extremely great pleasure to introduce someone to the stage right now that uh, if you haven't heard, you need to hear and you hear for the rest of your life. One of the most beautiful voices that I've heard in a long time. I'd like to introduce Fuzi Malasela from the Mamalodi Township of South Africa. Got to let your soul shine, 
Shine till the break of day. Shine, shine, shine till the break of day. Talking about sunshine. It's better than sunshine. It's better than moonshine. Damn sure better than rain. Damn sure it's better than rain. Yeah, now people don't mind. We all feel this way sometimes. Got to let your soul shine, shine on to break a day. Well, it's in sunshine. It's better than sunshine. It's better than moonshine. Damn sure better than rain. Well, now people don't mind. We all feel this way sometimes.
someday I hope until then much love thanks for sharing and giving this is about a bear mountain picnic that never ever happened this was supposed to happen but it never did this was about two years ago in New York City when they had a Bear Mountain picnic for all the old people that had stayed indoors all winter long and uh, 
they sold tickets to the picnic, but a group of people got together and printed up some phony tickets, and they sold all their tickets to the picnic too. So that was twice as many people on the boat than uh, was supposed to be on the boat. And uh, 3,000 people were supposed to be on the boat, and uh, 6,000 people got on the boat. And the picnic never happened because the boat sank. And uh, it was all down there, and it was all in the papers. This is supposed to be for all the people in the springtime who like to find a picnic. This is called, if picnic never happened, it's called Talking Bear Mountain Picnic Massacre Blues. Cursing picnics all the way home. 
what you do. If you want to have a picnic, that's up to you. But don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear it. I just lost all my picnic spirit. Stay in my kitchen. Have a picnic in my bathroom. Some people are gonna do for money. There's a brand new gimmick every day just to take somebody's money away. I think we ought to take some of these people and put them on a boat, send them up to Bear Mountain for a picnic. For a picnic. Don't forget tomorrow night, Pete Seeger, Gene Ritchie, Ron Aleron, Charles River Valley Boys, and Hobart Smith. Nationality concert in the afternoon. Workshops. See you tomorrow.
That's my friend Boy Tinsley on the violin.
Hello, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this uh, special live albums of 2011 podcast. I know I've uh, enjoyed sharing these tunes with you, and want to remind you: you can find all the notes about all the albums that we've uh, played today on this uh, podcast. You can go to livefixblog.com and. If you've been to any of these shows uh, that we're featuring on the uh, podcast, uh, please let us know You know uh, about your experience at the show. Uh, drop a comment uh, on the blog uh, uh, at livefixblog.com. And also, uh, you know, feel free to uh, you know, spread, this, uh, spread the love uh, of this podcast uh, by you know, rating us on iTunes, following us on Facebook, Twitter, all those uh, fun social places. And... I hope you guys have been enjoying this podcast. If you have any suggestions uh, for shows and you want to share your story, again, go to livefixblog.com. And at the beginning of the show, I had forgotten the name of the Bob Marley track, and it's actually called Natural Mystic, was the song that we uh, played. And for our outro here, it's only proper that we end the show with uh, the final song that Bob Marley played at concert during that Stanley Theater uh, show in Pittsburgh. Uh, get up, stand up. So that just about does it for us here in the Live Fix podcast. Again, tell all your friends, spread the love, and uh, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.
Guys, it keeps it up like this. We love the community.